Welcome to FinTech Fridays. Oh yeah! A weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada and Partners. Covering all things FinTech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance. Hey everybody, Mansip Khan here, and you are tuning in to FinTech Fridays. Today, I have an incredible guest. You may have heard maybe a little bit about him and his company on the news. If you haven't, then hopefully this is your first scoop. So today on the show, we have the CEO and co-founder of FirstCoin, Franz Chilengi. Hi, Mansip. Great to be here. Franz, could you for a minute, give us a little bit of who you are, what your company is, and a little bit of what and who Galaxy Digital is. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Holland, uh, lived in a bunch of different countries around the world, and um, uh, got involved in the maritime industry and oil and gas for the longest time. So I used to work for a large Dutch multinational in the oil and gas and maritime services industry where I was primarily involved in business development, setting up new companies, doing a lot of investment assessments. um, And then I got involved more and more into helping restructure companies. Um, So after having been with that company for about 12 years, um, I started getting interested in startups, started getting involved in startups, assisting, advising. And uh, finally, in 2016, I decided to um, try something new and get into the startup life. So at first, my main goal was to set up a platform business in the maritime industry, which I know well, um, based on blockchain. So that's how I got into the whole blockchain world. And I quite quickly recognized that you know I strongly believe that this is a game-changing technology that's going to uh, yeah, basically create the new, new version of the internet, the new new enabling technology that will create massive change in all industries and primarily also in supply chain logistics and fintech. Uh, so super excited and uh, worked on B2B type solutions for, for a while, then partnered with Mark Vandersheis, who uh, is another uh, person with Dutch heritage, early Bitcoin investor, uh, serial entrepreneur, and we started working together and then um, brought on board a, a few other people like Sean Clark, Bear Kai, and uh, John Ostrom and started First Coin Capital in September of 2017. So our vision was really to be a, a company focused on the capital markets with sort of two aspects. Uh, so the first one being a technology provider and provide technology solutions to the, the capital markets and financial industry, and the second being advisory services to companies wanting to raise money in this new digital era. So yeah, that's that's been uh, super interesting. Built the team here in Vancouver out to about 20 people. And basically about 10 weeks after starting the company, uh, we came to an agreement to merge with Galaxy Digital, uh, who was in the process of um, taking the company public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. So as of um, 1st of August, we're now 100% owned by Galaxy Digital, um, where I'm still responsible for the Vancouver team. Could you share a little bit more of, you guys have been operating under a year and you guys already got bought up and now operating under this new umbrella. Could you share a little bit more of FirstCoin's journey? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, when we started the company, we had a grand vision of our own uh, about, you know, really helping to change this this space and, and uh, providing technical solutions, but also obviously advisory services to 
entrepreneurs and people that want to raise money in this space. So we were being very selective in in, in the companies that we were supporting, uh, taking our time to learn, um, you know, walk before we can run that kind of thing, and slowly building out our technology platform that we've been developing. I'd say when we started the discussions, I think on the Galaxy side, they were interested in you know what we had to offer in terms of both the technology side as well as supporting their advisory arm. And from our perspective, Galaxy Digital is one of the best-known brands in the space and really, you know, with a heritage of a lot of people that have made their name and, and track record on Wall Street in a different Wall Street firms and bring a lot of institutional knowledge into the space. So for us, it was really an opportunity to be able to up our game and play at that highest level globally in the space and really be that bridge between institutional capital flowing into the space and 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 uh, the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. So, you know, for us, a super exciting opportunity to be a part of something bigger. Could you share a little bit more of Galaxy's vision and scope working together going forward? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think so. Galaxy's heritage comes from Mike Novogratz. So Mike was a former partner at Goldman Sachs and a former partner at Fortress. He got involved relatively early in into uh, uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and he started making some early investments into the space. As of 2017, he could see that that portion was growing quite rapidly with the rest of the market. And he decided, you know, this is something that I'm excited about. I wanted to, I want to do something with this. So he got a, he got a few people around the idea and then started Galaxy Digital sort of late, late 2017, primarily still trading and investing. So by now the company's grown quite substantially with sort of around four business lines. So the first being trading. So it's um, basically trading of, of cryptocurrencies, both long and short, sort of a macro uh, approach to, to investing. Asset management, um, we launched the, 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 the Bloomberg Galaxy Cryptocurrency Index together with Bloomberg, and we managed to fund a fund for EOS. Really the idea of working with larger funds and uh, creating uh, investment products for high net worth, family offices, larger, larger pools of money and being able to manage those funds as those people want. An investment arm, you know, PEVC type investing, really looking into the space and finding the best investment opportunities and yeah, create, creating strategic bets in the space. And then finally, advisory, where advisory is very much about working with established companies and helping them figure out how to get into blockchain, how to leverage this technology on their journey on the one side and on the other side, really wanting to advise companies how they can use this to raise capital and um, go down that journey. So um, I'd say, and then underlying that, we have a technology development group that, that helps us you know, leverage the technology ourselves, obviously, for both internally as well as externally for our clients. Could you share? a little bit more about your token insurance token issuance platform so we don't it's not insurance it's issuance we oh, have okay. a, Sorry there. Been, we've been developing a platform to basically allow people to um, issue tokens so we're working on the technology also together with the regulators uh, in in canada uh, to, to get it approved for being used um, you know that we can create that as a means of doing full uh, know your customer know your product um, anti-money laundering, proper uh, disclosure for our clients that they can disclose what they need to to the right investors, and that we can help them, um, you know, create a workflow that that fits with security laws and uh, whatever their offering is. So that's something that we've been working on for a while, and you know, we're sort of not 
not not fully ready yet, but we're taking on clients and I'm sort of working with them around specific use cases. Ah, okay. So you're not focusing on insurance yet, but possibly. No, we're not. No. <laughs> okay. No, I'd say, you know, we are very interested in, in sort of the whole security token space and where that's going, obviously with an idea that digital tokens to us are really the future. Um, you can do so much more with a digital token where you can program any kind of if this, then that rules into uh, what it's supposed to do, um, which really make it a very versatile tool, much more versatile than a paper share certificate. Could you share a little bit more of... I guess your view on the impact that it's going to have on financial markets and other industries as well? Well, I think blockchain and digital tokens and cryptocurrencies are sort of, for me, are sort of three clouds, which uh, all intersect and interact. And it'll be fascinating to see how you know, maximum leverage can be had by each industry by different combinations of those three sort of areas. So maybe starting with blockchain. Blockchain for me is very much, um, you know, it's 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 basically just a digital ledger that 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 now you can collaborate on. So it's almost like multiple companies having a shared source of truth, like one database that they can jointly believe in. So this allows you then to uh, one just for you know statement of facts or stuff like that that you're sharing to have one one set of truth. Um, but ultimately, you want to be able to to build transactions on that basis. So transactions would be digital tokens or cryptocurrencies. And, and so I think that's sort of that will be to me a logical evolution. So you know when we're talking about uh, trading in, uh, in in tokens or tokenized digital to- assets or digital securities, you can now create something that has the transaction and the settlement in the same uh, happening at the same moment based on based on a transaction being recorded on a blockchain so i think that you know that's where the financial industry will be disrupted or will change or will be evolve or let's say will embrace this technology on uh, on the blockchain itself it will be very much about uh, you know where intermediaries are currently still fulfilling that settlement function or be a, be a bridging function yeah so 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 those three clouds so first of all you know being able to have that joint ledger uh, because basically that's what blockchain allows you to do and then secondly having the digital asset being either a cryptocurrency or a digital token being able to transact with that uh, around that blockchain and using smart contracts so for me, you know, supply chain, um, retail, like anything that's anything that's transaction based, will will likely benefit from this technology and be able to uh, to to evolve to a next level with it. I also think where where thing where things like artificial intelligence and Internet of Things can can now interact further and also transact with money. So with digital money, like if we have a cryptocurrency, if you have an artificial intelligence or an Internet of Things, you can have these interact with each other and actually do transactions or be part of transactions. And I think that's also super exciting. What would be your opinion on startups using ICOs, I guess, as an alternative to raising cash, right? Because I guess the best example I can think of come to mind would be Kick, right? Kick, the messaging platform was really big in 2010. And then WhatsApp started taking over in the space. And then they decided to launch an ICO, have a Phoenix effect in the company. What's your take on startups using ICOs to raise money? I think we, you know, everyone recognizes we need innovation in the in the financial industries. We need to continuously explore new business models and new fundraising models to be able to uh, to um, evolve. So for me, there's a couple of very interesting things around ICOs. Um, so the, the interesting thing for me is being able to explore what what do new business models look like. For example, just taking Filecoin as an example, or or um, Storage, or one of the other sort of storage companies like. 
it would be very hard for any company credibly, any startup credibly, on based on an equity raise to say, hey, listen, I'm going to attack Amazon Web Services. Like that's that's a hard thing. Like or or even when we're talking about attacking a WhatsApp or a very dominant position, there are so many very dominant companies in the space. You know, it's it's quite hard to to have a credible story around how you do that. So you can do that through business model innovation, like like a Filecoin has done. Like they have raised you know a large amount of money or or storage or some of the others. I mean, they all have a similar idea in terms of okay, we're going to raise a larger amount of money and we're going to basically also crowdsource our storage space. And we're going to, in that way, based on already sunk costs, so because people have this infrastructure, we're going to now try and, and leapfrog or, or at least have a credible story about competing against these larger established companies by, by just doing it differently. So I think ICOs have given uh, companies as sort of a more credible uh, approach into some of these areas. The other thing is, obviously, it's, it's super fascinating to think about a, a token being something that is transacted within an ecosystem and now gives people a stake in that ecosystem in one way, shape or form. So this is obviously when we get into much more of a discussion around token economics. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I believe in it. I believe in the model of having a token economic model that that is valuable within an ecosystem. It's and it's no different than having, you know, a reward within Starbucks or, or things like that. But it it is different in terms of how it comes to be and how it evolves and things like that. See, we get into you know the, the sort of more negative. You know, I think we've seen a lot of market exuberance, uh, people investing in projects without there being due diligence. Um, you know, I think you know regulators are getting more and more involved in terms of. Figuring out how do we balance the the innovation in this space with uh, protecting investors and making sure that people don't run risks that they shouldn't be shouldn't be running and and how how does how should that all be going? I think you know many regulators are also saying, listen, if you're buying a token as an investment, then it might be a security, or at least we have to look at that in a case by case basis. Um, so that's obviously also something that interests us a lot and we spend a lot of time thinking about. Could you go a little bit more in detail about business models exploring the innovation by using assets like digital tokens? So I, I think that the innovation comes from rewarding people in an ecosystem to do the right behaviors, disincentivizing them from doing the wrong behaviors and basically giving people a stake in the in the in the business, sort of, it's you know the, the the analogy that that was brought on early on was okay if you go to a fair um, or you know where you can go on rides, you can buy at the entrance you buy tokens to be able to go on the rides, and within that ecosystem of the fair you can use the token to do certain rides and certain things. Now now within token economics you can make it much more complex and you can add things that you gain more tokens if you act nicely and pick up rubbish and do other things that would be valuable for that fair and you get you lose tokens automatically if you litter because that's been spotted and now you lose some tokens mm-hmm. you know or or as a valued customer coming back every day we just give you more tokens to be because you're basically spending more money on average and now if you bring your friends we can give you even more tokens or you know things like that so i think it's i think that's where the business model innovation for me comes from in terms of um uh, basically having people that that uh, and because of the deflationary economics built into the system so i.e there's a cap generally on an amount of tokens so as the ecosystem grows people feel that they um you know have have something that that gains in value um although a lot of that still has to be proven like that you know it's it's very early days in the whole industry so 
it's more about you know knowing that knowing that the companies will actually execute on what their promises are that they you know do what they say and 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 say what they do to to actually create these valuable ecosystems but it's, it's still early days but you know i'm very very yeah positive about this side we also see the whole security token space now evolving even also there it's it's very early days but i think you know the, the difference being that you know uh, there are more and more companies saying listen we're going to create a regulated security we're not going to try and make it like something in a fairground we're just going to say it is an investment product um, and this is also different on a per jurisdiction basis but you know more and more companies are saying listen let's let's do a digital security because we can probably do some more things that we couldn't do with a digital with a paper share certificate that we can now do with a, a security token and um, more and more exchanges are opening up uh, alternative trading systems in the US and and more of the current exchanges are exploring how to uh, launch uh, security tokens and basically do away with a paper share certificate and have a digital a digital token representing the underlying share so i think so that's a super interesting um, development that we we are a part of, and um, we look forward to seeing how it goes. And we we strongly believe that a lot of work is going to happen there. I think focus shifting on the ICO side from ICOs that are utility tokens, we'll see way more security token offerings and um, things that are done, you know, under under normal security law. Uh, Regula- yeah, regulations and finding ways to do that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, sh- it should be very interesting to see. It'd be interesting to look back like at this point, a couple of years from now and say, wow, like so much has changed. So much more regulations have been into place. Now it's a little bit more wild, wild west. Uh, we're not in like the nice little utopia that we aim to be in. Yeah, I, I think that's just the constant discussion and, and battle is between, you know, seeing a, a, a utopia where you know, we can all be owners of, of a lot of the ecosystems that we're a part of uh, to knowing that there's also people out there that are just trying to defraud investors or you know not delivering or or things like that and you know so I think it's very much about the, uh, being on that interplay between investor protection innovation and also allowing people access to being able to invest um, and and being inclusive in that way and and, and providing proper proper information proper education um, to 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 make it something where we, where we have some you know a dynamic which is which is um, which is healthy and which is going in the right direction. Uh, what would be the piece of advice that you have carried with you to help you become successful? It could be something that Mike's told you. It could be something that you carried. What was what is that one piece of advice or that one golden nugget that's proven to be true time and time again? Um, I, th- I think for me, the the main thing in my own life has been about persistence. Um, I, I think when you have a good idea, you have to stick with it and and keep at it for for just that bit longer. I think, you know, it's often about you know it, it is basically coupling persistence with a bit of flexibility in terms of thought, uh, but not giving up too easily. Uh, what I've learned from from Mike and also through this process is is the is is sort of thinking bigger. Uh, I think you know when you're in Canada, you're um, you know I, I at least am I'm, I'm more. Uh, inclined to think Canadian or to think more local or to think sort of in the country and Galaxy is really aiming to build something that is not only global but also industry changing and maybe you know changing the whole global landscape and I think that's thinking in that way is uh, is truly inspirational and something that I've um, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more about working with with the Galaxy team. Awesome. That's that's incredible advice. Well, friends, thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy day to sit down with me. This has been an amazing, amazing conversation. I am very excited to have you back on the show. And I'll be happy to. Thank you so much, Mansi.
You've been listening to Fintech Fridays, brought to you by NCFA and Partners. Tune in weekly for the latest Fintech Friday podcast by subscribing to this channel. The National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment fintech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.